United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Yesterday, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Admiral uh, General Mark Milley, commented on the recent reports that North Korea had fired missiles and showed a display of force with some jets flying in the north. This was a report out of Seoul, South Korea. Here's the general yesterday. Uh, it's mixed right now in terms of the assessment. I don't think it's uh, particularly provocative or, uh, or threatening to us uh, as to what happened. Uh, it may be tied to some celebrations that are happening inside uh, North Korea uh, as opposed to any deliberate provo- uh, provocation against us. So uh, another day or two should be clear in terms of uh, what we pick up. We will await that. Let's meantime get some perspective on if there's anything to add to that. Uh, perspective on that, plus the dealings that the United States is having with North Korea with its handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, An interesting piece, the COVID-19 crisis has the potential to ease tensions between Washington and Pyongyang, but it's more likely negotiations will remain deadlocked. That is the the top headline of a piece that is co-authored by uh, John Joseph Young, who was the ambassador, as well as Paul Kuman Lee, and Frank Alm, who is with us here on POTUS. Frank Alm is a senior expert in North Korea with the United States Institute of Peace, the Twitter handle at USIP. Frank Alm, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me on, Tim. First, anything to add to what uh, General Milley said about the report of missiles being fired and jets flying in North Korea? Well, I think um, there's many reasons why North Korea has been conducting a variety of tests, uh, and this has been the fifth test uh, of missiles over the past uh, several weeks. And the first one is pretty pretty obvious, is that North Korea wants to continue to test and improve its military capabilities, which it has been doing with each progressive uh, ballistic missile test, uh, multiple rocket launch, and the most recent ones were uh, a cruise missile test as well as as a surface to uh, I'm sorry, air to surface missile test. So that's one potential reason, but also North Korea could be trying to signal both internally and externally that it is in control of the situation uh, and that other external powers shouldn't be trying to intervene uh, like the U.S. or South Korea to take advantage of the pandemic crisis. Uh, North Korea oftentimes uses missile tests and other types of provocations to put pressure on the United States. So that could be another reason as well. Uh, to try to get the U.S. to return to negotiations uh, uh, through pressure. As you know, this is taking part or taking place in the context of outreach from the United States and North Korea to one another, although it seems to be kind of cautious outreach at this particular point. I guess my first question is how is it that we are or anyone is able to understand exactly what the situation is in North Korea with its being a closed society? Add that on top of the fact that even in an open society or a more open society like the United States, Great Britain, and other countries where you can at least look at testing data, what do you get out of North Korea? How can you figure out whether or not they are in the midst of the same kind of a crisis that other places are? Tim, that's absolutely right. Um, One of the problems that we have with North Korea is the lack of transparency and the lack of uh, accurate reporting from the government. But I think there's many reasons to not trust North Korea's claim uh, that there have been no confirmed cases of coronavirus in the country. Uh, First, from a statistical point of view, it's hard to believe because of North Korea's proximity to China, its shared border, uh, and all the trade that happens between uh, North Korea and uh, China, which is one of the virus hotspots. But I think also we know based on uh, comments made by the U.S. military commander in, in South Korea, General Abrams, 
that U.S. intelligence believes that the virus has made its way into North Korea. We also know that uh, from reporting, and this is unofficial, but reporting from South Korean organizations on the ground that have contacts in North Korea, uh, they are indicating that there have been uh, hundreds of deaths um, among North Korean military officers along the border, as well as deaths of North Korean uh, military medical officials who've been treating the, the situation. So um, I think uh, it, it's, uh, it's safe to say that uh, the virus is in North Korea at the same time. The evidence also suggests that North Korea has been very successful in flattening, if not even squashing the curve altogether uh, by taking very early and robust anti-epidemic measures. Frank, on with us. Frank is a senior expert in North Korea, United States Institute of Peace, co-author of a piece that appeared in The Hill about the current discussion between the U.S. and North Korea about the COVID-19 pandemic. You note that Kim Yo-jung, who is the sister and a senior government official, sister of uh, leader Kim Jong-un, had praised a letter from President Trump expressing her brother's appreciation, noting the letter had come at a time of big differences and challenges in developing ties. But this stands in contrast to the North Korean Ministry of Foreign Affairs, which says that Pyongyang has lost the appetite for any dialogue with the U.S., singling out the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo as the culprit. So are we getting mixed messages from North Korea? Well, I think um, they want to maintain the, the relations uh, at the leader level that Kim Jong-un has with President Trump. They feel like that's the best channel to achieve some of their uh, aims in terms of sanctions relief and other steps that would reduce tensions on the peninsula. Um, right now, they are very frustrated by uh, what they believe uh, are um, you know, senior advisors of President Trump, like uh, Secretary Pompeo, who is maintaining a rigid position in not providing sanctions relief to North Korea. And so they want to uh, signal to President Trump that they want to maintain good relations, but they're also letting the U.S. know that they're not willing to re-engage in negotiations until they have uh, more uh, concessions from the United States, particularly related to sanctions relief. Is it your sense that we are seeing Kim Jong-un more or less than you typically would see him? I'm just wondering if this has affected his behavior at all. Uh, if you're talking about the COVID-19 situation, uh, there have been uh, reports of Kim Jong-un uh, being present at military drills uh, as well as at different state functions. Um, I haven't seen any media pictures of him wearing masks when he uh, tours uh, facilities uh, or uh, military drills. So uh, my sense right now is that North Korea feels very confident that they are um, adopting the right measures to address the situation. Like I mentioned before, uh, North Korea was the first country to implement a nationwide lockdown. They did this around January 21st. Uh, and this is when the crisis was just starting in China. And this is also around the same time that the U.S. and South Korea uh, were reporting their first infections. And just by comparison, the next country to implement a nationwide lockdown, Italy, didn't do this until six weeks later uh, when there are already hundreds of deaths in, uh, in uh, the country. So I think North Korea has been very effective with border closures, uh, quarantines of foreigners, as well as North Koreans coming from infected countries. They're using social distancing measures and public education efforts, uh, you know, for example, wearing masks. Um, so I, I, my sense is that North Korea seems to be pretty confident um, in uh, the measures that they're taking. At the same time, they're continuing to uh, adopt rigorous anti-epidemic measures. We've heard this from the recent Politburo meeting uh, a few days ago. 
Last question. In the conclusion of the piece, you have written that even if the virus becomes a major crisis like the famine in the 1990s, North Korea would likely seek aid first from allies like China and Russia and only indirectly from the United States through non-governmental and U.N. organizations. What does the U.S. have to gain with this outreach to North Korea? I think uh, from a moral perspective, but also from the perspective of good faith, they can signal to North Korea that they are willing to engage and, and provide humanitarian assistance um, in times of need for North Korea. Uh, but like I said before, that North Korea is uh, still trying to maintain the, the visage of uh, invulnerability and, and maintaining authority and control. So I think if we're in a situation where uh, the crisis is escalating in North Korea, uh, they would first turn to their allies like China and Russia. They already have in terms of getting testing kits and other personal protective equipment. Uh, they also have turned to uh, international organizations like the UN, the World Health Organization. Uh, they would uh, turn to these organizations and countries first before going to the U.S. or South Korea, again, because they want to uh, not present uh, any vulnerability. Uh, and also, by a way of comparison, they want to show that they're doing better in terms of uh, responding to this crisis uh, rather than countries like South Korea to, um, that's neighbor to the South. Frank Om, thank you for joining us on POTUS today. Thank you for having me. Frank Alm is a senior expert on North Korea at the United States Institute of Peace, co-author of a piece that appeared in The Hill, uh, North Korea, Coronavirus, Missiles and Diplomacy, the COVID-19 crisis has the potential to ease tensions between Washington and Pyongyang, but it's more likely negotiations will remain deadlocked. You can find that piece online, and you can find Frank Alm as well as the United States Institute of Peace on Twitter at USAID. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.